Speed. Chaos. NASCAR. You're listening to NASCAR at Night, only on The Alternative Edge. And now, it's time to start your engines. Here's Joshua Tiggis and Evan Brinks. Welcome into NASCAR at Night, the podcast edition. About time to switch on over. You know, on the radio, I always felt like this is a podcast, which just felt awkward being on the radio. Yeah, you just have to sneak in some commercial breaks and radio <laughs> yeah, music in there. And actually play some music on the yeah. radio for once. Shocking that that's what that's for. Uh, but welcome in, everyone, to the first episode of NASCAR at Night uh, here on the podcast version. You know, we've been a radio show for a little while, but now we're back for a podcast version, throwing in some new segments. I'm excited about what we got cooking tonight. Yeah, there's some hot takes, shall we say, coming up? Yeah, hot takes coming up. We have everyone's favorite, trivia. Trivia's still there. And then we're closing off with a little fun segment. Yeah, last lap. Yeah, the last lap. You get however long it takes to do one lap at the track we're going to this week, and you get that amount of time to get everything out there, get your final thoughts out there. Yeah, except for I think Daytona, we're doing one lap of the track for both of us. Yeah, because I don't think I want to sit here talking for 50 straight seconds um, about stuff I probably already said. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we'll split that 50-50. But you know, let's get into our first discussion topic uh, for the show here tonight. So you know, coming off the off season, a very, um, let's say it wasn't calm. It wasn't a calm off season. There was a lot moving on. No. moving going on no it seems like off seasons are always a little crazy aren't they I- exactly yeah there's a lot of silly season that goes into play and i know we talked about it on the radio a lot uh towards the end of the season but we have a lot of drivers moving around so let's take a look at drivers in new places or new faces in new places if you will uh the big one and most notable of which is kyle bush yeah kyle bush went to rcr to drive the eight car that to me was it's still kind of hard even though we've already had the clash it's still hard to see that eight car out there and think that's kyle bush yeah i'm still thinking reddick if i see the eight car and if i see the 18 which is no longer out there at yeah. all i would see kyle bush yeah exactly uh so that's definitely going to be something to get used to but one thing that shatters my heart is you're not no longer seeing the m&m's car out there no they stopped sponsorship yeah, Mars pulled out of their sponsorship there, uh, which ultimately led to uh, contract negotiations, kind of falling through with JGR with Kyle Busch, and then moving over to RCR. Um, so I have high hopes for that organization uh, coming into this season, especially after they're showing at the Clash. Yes, RCR looks just as strong as they were last year with Reddick. Yeah, if not even stronger yeah. uh, because of what Kyle Busch brings over to that team. He's a hungry dog. I can see it. Um, and when Kyle Busch is hungry, he's dangerous. Yeah, especially the eight team. The three team is still about the same, but the eight team is going to be good. Yeah, so Kyle Busch is definitely lighting a fire over there on the RCR camp. But let's talk about the person who, for lack of better terms, kicked Kyle Busch out of his seat. Uh, I know Kyle probably did that to himself with asking for so much money. But true. the person filling in his shoes is none other than grandson to team owner Coach Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. Yeah, Ty Gibbs is driving the number 54 car this year, which is normally an Xfinity number they use. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. I believe that's the first number they ever drove for that team. Uh, So he's bringing that back for them, which I mean is kind of cool. But it's still kind of weird to think that Ty Gibbs, for as young as he is, is already in the Cup Series. Uh, And not only that, but he already has a decent amount of starts that um, he has under his belt. Yeah, he's been able to drive all last, not all last season, but the end of last season for 
Kurt Busch. Yeah, for twenty three eleven in that number forty five. Oh no, in the twenty three machine last year because they switched that number with Bubba Wallace. Um, so he has a decent bit of experience there, uh, but I don't know what I expect out of this year for him. Uh, because whatever he's gotten into in the past, he's won in right away. But everyone keeps saying that the jump to cup is tremendous. You almost can't compare it to anything else. So I don't know how that's going to affect him with what I'm pre- predicting as not much success right away. Yeah, because when you get to cup, every single driver has been a driver that's won in every single series that they've been in before that. Yeah. And they're all together. Yeah. And the yeah. equipment is more of a level playing field now. Maybe not quite as much as it was last year uh, because teams have had a full year to figure it out. Um, but I think driver talent plays more of a role uh, in stuff now. And I'm not, this isn't a knock on Ty Gibbs. Not he's an incredible driver by all means, but he's always been in JGR equipment yes. in the Arca series, in the Xfinity series, and everything as well. So he's had that quality equipment to back up the talent that he's had yeah he has had the best car everywhere he has gone yeah moving on down the list though you know we mentioned that 45 briefly or mentioned 2311 that segues into the new driver over at 23 yeah 2311 uh partnering up now with Bubba Wallace is Tyler Reddick Denny Hamlin went out got his driver and was able to get him into that seat a year earlier than anticipated yeah he bought out the contract I guess because he was going to have him sign through from 2024 onwards. Yeah. But then uh, he went out and got him for this year. Um, and that's how kind of everything's fallen in place there. It's kind of like full circle there with Kyle Busch going over to RCR after they lost uh, Tyler Reddick. Um, but the thing to keep in mind as well is 2311, although Kurt Busch still isn't cleared to go race, and although he's not their driver in that number 45 car he's still very much involved with the team yes he's literally listed as their third driver they have the 67 car yeah well while not just for him they have him it for him to drive when he wants to drive yeah oh which i think is really big too because just seeing kurt bush you can tell that he has really bought into the culture they've built over there um and for me that's kind of inspiring it kind of even makes me happy to see that how happy he is over there um but if you're competitors of 2311 you're kind of like scratching your head a little bit because you see that as a threat you see how comfortable he is over there how valuable that veteran champion is to that organization you saw it last year they went out and they swept the kansas races yeah they were really good yeah uh and as far as bubba wallace goes again this year i'm expecting him to take that step up again last year was a nice jump from the year prior i'm expecting him to go out and win multiple races though this year yeah i could see him easily winning two or three yeah. A big drop, though, uh, a new another rebranding for back-to-back years for what formerly was Petty GMS, for, formerly Petty Enterprises, now Legacy Motor Club, uh, with Jimmy Johnson coming on board there with Richard Petty now as not even an owner, what, like an endorser or something? He is the team spokesman. Team spokesman. Uh, but regardless, they have two seven-time champions under that name over yes, there. Yes, they do. Um, which, I mean, is crazy to think about. Um oh, yeah. In a way, I always thought that Jimmy would be back, uh, but I didn't expect him to take on an ownership role in a team. No, I really thought he'd be somewhere like in a Hendrick-aligned car. It, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought as well. Um, 
But no, he's going over there to Legacy Motor Club, rebranded that team. Um, obviously, as we all know, going to be in the 500, going to be in some select other races this year as well. What did he mention? The Chicago Street Course? The Chicago Street Course was the okay. only other one for sure mentioned. And okay. he will be driving the 84 which is the reverse of the 48, and he is in chase of his 84th career win. Yeah, so I actually saw him talking to Bob Pockers about this, um, and he said that ever since he was little, that number, uh, the number four and the number eight has just been close to him for some reason <laughs> in his racing career. So that's how it formulated number 48, and now they just reverse those, but it, it is kind of cool with him chasing that 84th win, um, seeing when that can come. But that's not the big change over there at what is now Legacy Motor Club. It is the driver that driver of that number forty two car. Yeah, the forty two went from Ty Dillon, who is now driving the seventy seven for Spire. Yes, I believe so. And Noah Gregson, the junior motorsports driver in Xfinity, was promoted. Yeah, promoted up to the Cup Series. He drove a little bit last year as one in the Cup Series, filling in for um, uh, uh, Alex Bowman. Jeez, I and can't he also believe drove for Beard Motorsports. He drove for Beard Motorsports. I believe he had some college races as well. Uh, in yes. the number, what was it, 16 they ran part-time yep, last 16 year? Yep, part -time. So he has a decent bit of uh, experience there as well. So, I mean, I'm kind of excited to see what he's able to do with this. And hands down, this is going to be one of the most intense rookie of the year battles uh, in recent memory. Yeah, you have two generational talents almost fighting yeah. as heavyweights in a battle for the rookie of the year. Yeah, we were already talking about Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity series last year, let alone in the Cup series. Man, yes. when they're out with the rest of those big dogs, it's going to be fun to watch them. Yeah, as long as Noah's not puking after the race. <laughs> yes, that's true. I just saw a thing as well. He has not, in fact, gone to see a specialist or anything about oh. that. He has just changed his diet a little bit. So we'll see if that... That just uh, means less alcohol, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but a couple other notes here for driver changes. Colleague is now going to a two-car full-time entry in the Cup Series, bringing AJ Allmendinger back up into the Cup Series. That's another organization as well that I see very strong culture around. Yes, they are developing a really good atmosphere for their members, and especially for Allmendinger, giving him another chance in the Cup Series full-time. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with that. I fully expect him to win at least one road course race, maybe a oval race or something if uh, the stars align for them. Um, but I expect big things for th from them. But the one other big note that we have here as well uh, is from the Stuart Haas camp. Uh, so Tony Stewart kind of won out with his battle with Gene Haas and who yeah. he wanted in that 41 car. Yeah, Cole Custer is now driving Xfinity for them in the double zero, right? Yes, yep. And Ryan Priest got promoted, or something like that promoted yeah yep ryan priest is now in that 41 and if we look back to the clash um co coming up on two weeks ago uh, i saw a lot of potential in him um and the thing that tony stewart said in the broadcast booth as well is that he's told priest he doesn't have to go out and prove himself he's already earned the job he already has the position all he has to do is go out and perform yeah and at the clash he's definitely more of a legends driver so he was doing really well yeah he was um, but this past offseason as well, NASCAR has released a lot of rulebook updates or rulebook changes as well. Uh, sadly, but maybe for the better, the Hail Melon, which in my opinion is the best move NASCAR has <laughs> ever seen, uh, will unfortunately no longer be happening. Um, but I think that just makes it all that much more special. You don't think the pass in the grass is better than the Hail Melon? I mean, the pass in the grass, yeah, that was cool. But the Hail Melon, the dude literally rode the wall 
No all skill. the way around to make it into the championship race. But he didn't win the championship. It's not not that big of a storybook ending. Okay, but he finished second in the championship anyway. Doesn't matter. In a, in a team that's in their second year. They're still an infancy team. Any team can finish second in their second year oh, now. Oh, man. As long as you had the funding. Oh, let's save this for hot takes. <laughs> okay, but back to the rule books. Changes. One other uh, change in there as well. Uh, deals with pit road. Um, Do actually. Well, yeah, two of them. The first one with the wheels. They have shifted the penalties for wheels coming off on pit road and everything because of the single lug now. Um, I believe it's if uh, under caution, if the wheel comes off on pit road or something like that, it's the tail end of the field. If it's under green and it's like on pit road or something, I think it's a pass through. I think so. Um, which I'm I I still agree with. Yep. I like that uh, because last year I think there was a lot of unnecessary ex- uh, suspensions. Um, for teams, especially with a single lug, I do still understand the um, safety issue as well with that. Um, but I think that's a step in the right direction. Yes, it seems like it made everything hopefully a little bit better. Yeah, but one thing I am really kind of hesitant on with this another uh, pit road uh, rule change is with the pit boxes. So now outside of the corner, the back corner of every pit box, there's going to be like this orange box or whatever. And if the car behind you is pitting um or whatever something it's such a murky rule um but if all four of your tires are below that orange box getting into your pit stall i believe the rule book even says it could result in a penalty (laughs) it doesn't even say it will it says it could which i think is just a recipe for disaster and a recipe for controversy yes as soon as somebody gets penalized for it whereas somebody else earlier in the race doesn't get penalized for it and it costs somebody a win or a chance at a win it's going to be a big controversy yeah uh, so we'll see how nascar actually goes about implementing that um i don't even know the really the full extent of that rule um so we'll see what that all entails but a big one as well uh, on road courses this year there will still be stages there will still be points that are awarded but there will be no break for these stages which i think i mean i think that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, seeing some of these four-mile courses where you have to do three or four laps under caution <laughs> just in the middle of the race when there was nothing bad going on yeah. is kind of dumb. Yeah, especially at, I know we're not going back there, but like with Road America, Road America. Uh, that was like what, like a five-minute one lap under caution? Yep. Something like that. That was, oh my goodness, that was painful to watch. Yes. Um, but the last one here, NASCAR just updated this past weekend after an incident at the Clash. No backwards driving during qualifying. Um <laughs> Ryan Blaney tried that, and they kind of... That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yep. And they went and they reworded the rule book a little bit. Um, even if you mess up your qualifying lap, you can't stop, turn around, and then start again. Um, I believe NASCAR's reasoning is just because if there's another car out on track qualifying as well, um, that just poses a hazard to them. Yeah, it could be dangerous. Yeah, yep. But as far as the rule book updates go, I believe that's the extent of them. Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about, though, in this first kind of discussion period that we have uh, is all the track changes coming up. So I know we talked about it in the past, but uh, going into this season, I'm kind of excited about the new places we're going. Yeah, you already mentioned that Road America is going away, and that's getting replaced by probably, I would say, the Chicago Street Course. Yeah, yep, that's replacing that this year um, during July 4th weekend, uh, which will be really cool. If you know me personally, you know I'm not a fan of street courses. <laughs> Especially um, for the cup cars. Yeah, so I like the idea, but I was listening, shout out to Door Bumper Clear. I was listening to the Door Bumper Clear podcast, and they brought up a very, very solid point. Think about our demographic, or think about our market <laughs> that watches NASCAR races. 
the rural Americans out in the country. I hate to stereotype. I know that's not everyone and stuff. But who's going to go to the middle of Chicago and pay 300 bucks for a two-day general admissions ticket to watch a street race where you only see one corner at a time? Yeah. I get me. it. I get it that F1 pulls it off. I get it. But they're here last year two times a year, this year three times a year throughout their entire season. Yes. And their demographic is different. Yes. So I'm interested... Let's just say I'll keep my mind open. I'm interested to see the success of the event. I'm hoping it's a success. I'm hoping it's like the clash at the Coliseum. Because if I'll be honest, that's a damn cool event. But the LA Coliseum should not be a points race. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but still, I I don't know how I feel about the street course. Just put it that way. Yeah, it's an interesting decision. Yep. We'll see how it plays yep. out. On NASCAR's 75th anniversary, though, so that it, that is, I guess, kind of cool. Yeah, and it's signed for another couple of years, too. So. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but uh, one thing that I'm super excited for is the All-Star Race. We're going back to North Wilkesboro. Yes, we are. Getting rid of one of the Texas races. That's what I'm more excited about. Amen. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Texas has by far been the worst track in recent memory. Um, and I'm young enough where I'd never seen a race in North Wilkesboro. Um, so that'll be interesting for me. It won't be a blast from the past. It'll be something new Yeah. Uh, as compared to some people who will be watching it. But regardless, I'm excited to see that uh, as well. Uh, but let's see. Last one on the on the list here was just announced this past week as well with Fontana. The kind of future of the track is still a little kind of uncertain. NASCAR hasn't. F- I don't think NASCAR's fully committed to making it a short track, but they still have said that uh, for I think is it just the 2024 or 2024 and 2025 they will not be holding a race there because of uh, construction of what's supposed to be the short track. I believe it's just the one year. Okay, but still, that eliminates a race from that L.A. market um, out there in Southern California in that region out there. So NASCAR has thrown out the idea of making the clash a points race. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. We saw exactly why this, well, not this past week and the weekend before. Yes. Uh, We'll get into that in our next discussion, though. But. That kind of wraps up everything here for uh, our first discussion period. I kind of got a little heated there about some <laughs> opinions, so why don't you say we get a little even more heated? Oh, sure. Let's get into some hot takes. Ooh, it's about to get hot. Time for tempers to flare on hot takes. Are you kidding Did me? Did you even watch the race? No, 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 no. Evan and Joshua have prepared their craziest opinions, and let's say they might not always agree. What the f- about. Are you kidding me? Dude, I cannot believe you just said that. Make sure you have some ice, because it's about to get hot. It's time for Hot Takes. Well, you heard it there first. Time for Hot Takes here. Time to let our tempers flare. Time to let words fly. And who knows? I may have to end up going and edit and beep some words out. <laughs> who knows? All right. What, what? Am I up first? Yeah, you're up first. All right. My hot take. Kyle Busch will be the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion. That is a terrible take. Why is that? Because Enlighten me. He is not winning the championship. He is washed. Really? Kyle Busch is washed? Yes, he is. He is, I, he is no longer championship material. He is. Oh, my goodness. He okay, is maybe I, championship four material, but not championship material. I say that he has new life in him. So... As, as obviously you know, 
I've been kind of binging Race to the Championship, mm -hmm. the docuseries from last year. Seeing the look into Kyle Busch's life during those contract negotiations, I can see exactly why he was out of the round six, round of 16 right away. <laughs> now he has this new life in him. He kind of he won't say this, but he kind of has this hatred for Joe Gibbs Racing right now Good. because of how they've treated him. But Kyle Busch has this new fire under him. Sure, the team might not be where exactly championship material, but he's going to bring them there throughout the entire year. Kyle Busch is going to be the champion of champion of this season. I really do think he has his mind somewhere else. He, he ain't winning more than two races. Definitely two. not a championship. I say he's got four wins under his belt, four. including Phoenix at the end of the year. No shot. No I, shot. I, I see big things coming. I don't even think he makes a championship for. I see big things coming for RCR in Kyle Busch. Richard Childress said it himself. When he looked into Kyle Busch's eye, he saw that kind of drive that Dale Earnhardt Sr. had. I don't think the car has it in him. We'll see. He'll bring it back. <laughs> He'll bring it back. I don't think that RCR will have the best car of the engines they make. What do you mean by that? So, Hendrick and RCR make engines together. Yes. Well, sorry, they design engines together. They do not make engines together. Hendrick makes their own engines. Yep. RCR makes their own engines, yes. even though they're designed exactly the same. Okay. But RCR supplies their engines to Petty, okay. and I think at least one member of the Petty team will do better than Kyle Busch. Really? As well as possibly a colleague car, and both Trackhouse cars. Trackhouse, I could see the argument for, based on the results last year. I think he's maybe year. the fifth best car there. Really? Possibly. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, we disagree on that. Yes. Uh, good thing we had this conversation during this segment. Um <laughs> Let's hear what you have. Let's see how much I can disagree with you. So I was going to say that Tyler Reddick will have a better season than Kyle Busch. Ooh, okay. Now you bring up a fair point. I can see how he has the talent, but he's going over there in that 23-11 camp. They've got potential, but you know, I... They've got two young guns as full-time drivers. But they also have, like we said earlier, Kurt Busch, veteran driver, backing them up. They've learned so much God, this year. You put me in a tough position. <laughs> I have to go back on my words. Um, but, oh, man. I was leading you I in think, there. I think Tyler Reddick will have a solid season. Yes. I think he maybe has two wins this season I think him. he's the four-win driver of the two of them. Oh, man. Tough, tough. They're tough. gonna walk into Kansas, and it's not gonna be Bubba who sweeps those races this year. It's gonna be, be Tyler. It'll be Tyler. Do you think he's got a road course win with oh, him too? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, what about the Toyotas? They struggled last year in the road courses. Not Tyler Reddick though. Tyler Reddick knows what he what he needs to set up this car. Well, then let's bring this argument back to Kyle Busch, because maybe the equipment might not be there, but Kyle Busch is KFB. He's Kyle Busch. So, <laughs> well, he's not gonna do anything on road courses then. He he didn't he couldn't drive a Toyota. That's true. He's not good on road courses, but he's a damn good driver. He, I saw it this past weekend at the Clash. Um, he the is, Clash does not show anything about what's happening with the season. RFK has missed it twice and then gone on and won the duels boat last year. Okay, but what about the champion from last year? Logano? Yeah. That was a one-time thing. Was it? Yeah. I guess we'll when, see. Are we going to see Truex win the championship this year? Are you telling me that? That you're going back on your word and it's not going to be Kyle Busch, <laughs> that it's going to be Martin Truex Jr.? Oh, man. All right. <laughs> you have any more hot takes? That was my hot take I of the do week. Not, I do not. I think Reddick's got a better chance this year, big time. I think Kyle Busch is going all the way. I see big things in that team. No shot. Reddick might be the championship fourth pick before I see Kyle Busch. All right. Well, let's agree to disagree. Um, that's my hot take for the week. We'll see what we come cooking with next week after the <laughs> 500. 
Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go back on my word. Maybe you'll go back Good. on your word. Nope. Okay, yeah, I knew that you were going to say <laughs> that. All right. Let's get back in. Let's get back into it and get into talking about the clash now in our second discussion. Absolute crapshoot. All right, we're back, and no need to worry. We've taken a break. We've let our minds cool. No more talking about Kyle Busch or Tyler Reddick. Josh only threw two punches. I am only sort of bruised. We'll see. Um, luckily, there's no video evidence of that. Oh, um, darn it. Just for the record, I, didn't, I did not punch him. Yes, I would never did. do that to him. He definitely would. I would never do that to him. Yes, he would. All right, let's get back into this discussion period. Uh, let's talk about the clash. Um, now, that could be a hot topic in itself, uh, but... What was your overall opinion of the clash as an event? Um, the event was pretty good. I liked the stage kind of stage break in between with the concert. I th- yeah. I think the style with the qualifying is fairly good. Yeah. I think that's the important thing to keep in mind with this is it was an event. Um yes. and that's why you didn't see tempers flaring afterwards. Drivers really didn't care afterwards because they were like it's just an event. It's an expedition race. Yeah. Now if this was a points race, Joey Logano said it best. Yeah, it'd be a completely different story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's, we talked about it earlier. I've heard rumors that NASCAR has been entertaining the idea of making the Clash a points race with Fontana not being available next year to go to because it'll be under construction. That, in my opinion, is a horrible idea because we saw the chaos that ensued and it was a lack of respect that's what it was a lack of respect out there on the track yeah we saw 27 cars out there and imagine what it would be like if there were 36 plus open cars yeah it'd be pure and utter chaos uh because going into the corner all you do is you throw it in you don't use your brakes all that much you use the car in front of you as a brake <laughs> you send them flying and you go right by and the leader would be hitting the back of the field almost immediately yeah it's just pure and utter chaos out there um now don't get me wrong it was fun it's the the stadium itself the coliseum itself looks spectacular yes it does but I still don't know if I'm 100% sold on racing a track that small. <laughs> I I would love more of a mains and features style of event. I think yeah. that would be really cool. Only having like 10 or 12 cars at the end. Yeah. Well, that's the issue with the Clash now is it's not a prestigious event. No. It's something that everyone goes to. Yeah. The final only nine cars got out and somehow both RC, our RFK cars were gone again. Yeah, yeah, that's another conversation in itself. <laughs> RFK, that is, I mean, if there's a track you're gonna be bad at, I mean, this would be the one to be. This would be the one to do it. You'd think they'd be bad at short track races too, but didn't Chris Busher almost win a couple? Chris Busher won Bristol. He won Bristol. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> take that what you will with it. Um, I don't know if it's just a clash or what it is, but uh, yeah, I I loved the heats, the first half of the main event was a good, was good racing. Yes, it was. The second half of it though, it it was an embarrassment to the sport. Yeah, it was a bunch of cautions. Everybody was dumping everybody and there was no way to get out and stop it. Yeah, no. Uh so it, it took what felt like an hour to run what 15 or 20 laps there that second half of the race. Yeah. It, 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 it we were watching it together. It yep. got to the point where I was just fed up. You yep. you heard me voice in my opinion. I was just fed up with it at the end. Yeah, the final 75 laps took forever. Yeah. 
I was very surprised those last 10 laps we didn't see another caution. Yeah, that surprised me too. Yeah. They were just finally spread out enough. Yeah. Um, but regardless, at the end of the day, it was Martin Truex Jr. who brought it home. Uh, there was multiple different drivers who came and went during that race that I saw had very good showings. We talked about um, RCR. Both the three-car and the eight-car looked solid out there, coming home second and third. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan Priest had a really good showing. He was kind of the first one to get that second groove working, getting that turn off the corner, really working for him ultimately until his car, something broke in his car. Yeah, him and Bowman were both running that upper-ish line, yeah. and it worked really well for them, but almost nobody else could hold it. I think they were both shifting or something. Yeah, it must have been something like that. Uh, but that was really cool to see with him. Um, as you mentioned before, the clash only goes so far. You can't really base the whole season upon it. Can't base um, any ra- track upon it. Yeah. But regardless, um, it's a good boost for, I think, Ryan Priest. Even though he wasn't able to finish the race, I think it's a good boost for him entering this full-time season in a top cup team. Yeah, it's it's good momentum for drivers who need something and then they get a good finish. And it's a good place to start for drivers who have a bad finish because you can write it off right away because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's kind of the beauty of this event with it being an ex- yep. expedition race. Um, but one thing we do want to talk about, too, uh, NASCAR introduced new a new rear clip to the car, um, making it so it crumbles a little more to absorb more of the hits mm-hmm. and everything. Um, that might be true for bigger hits, uh, like during actual crashes um, when you back the car into a wall or something, but drivers were still saying that those hits from the rear still hurt quite a bit. Yeah, and it sounds like the now NASCAR is looking to sort of fix the front clip of the car, and they could be putting something in by as soon as Phoenix for short tracks. Yeah, because I heard, weren't they testing it or something, uh, kind of evaluating it a little bit? Yes, and Corey LaJoy went and said they are they need, a, I guess they need a softer bumper or something like that too. Yeah, um, so, something like that. Still, these cars, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like you want them like to be solid and stuff because that ultimately cuts down cost or whatever they were trying to do with this. I mean, it's a durable car. That's cool. Yes. The reason we were able to do all that at the clash is because it was a durable car. But it's so durable that it's the drivers taking the brunt of the force. Yeah, the car stays together, and which means the forces travel through the car. And what is going to move in the car? The driver. Yeah. Yep. Also with the car to bring up as well is the rocker box um, or whatever it's called that had all the fires last year with the fires inside the car. Yep. Last year, it was all with the Fords. At the Clash this year, though, it wasn't even during um, uh, the heats or during the race or anything. It was during practice. Ty Gibbs' car exploded in a ball of fire there at the beginning of practice and it was very scary seeing the amount of flames that were flying at him inside the cockpit of that car. And I do believe that that car was, that it was not NASCAR's fault and that it was the team proper, failing to properly install the car, the part, right? Yeah, now that you say that, I be, yeah, it was a, like an improper um, installment or something, something along yeah. those lines uh, with that. But still, it's still kind of scary on... Yeah, the new how, mufflers and stuff. Yeah, the new mufflers, the amount of heat that that produced in certain areas yep. of the car... Um, which that will be used for the street course again. Only the street course. Yeah, so only the street course, but still something to, ca- to take into consideration um, in everything as well. So, I don't know. The safety of the car, it's something that will continually be addressed. I mean, NASCAR even showed it 
last year they even put out that statement saying that driver safety is their number one priority. Yes. And I mean, you have to take their word on that um, because that is the number one priority and you can't deny them for, for that. No, and they've shown that they want to make the car safer by saying that they're going to pay the race teams for their safety upgrades. Yeah, that's big in and, in and of itself. Um, and they've been having conversations with drivers as well. They have the driver's council and everything too that brings up issues yep. to them. Uh, so it's something that will continuously be worked on. It's with with something completely new, uh, really a complete, the next gen was a completely foreign concept yes. to NASCAR. Uh, so there's bound to be issues with it. Um, it's just a matter of working through those. Yep, and I think we've started to find a good spot. I, I do too. Um, I'm happy about the direction that we're going and everything as well and the input that drivers are willing to put in. They're willing to voice their opinion, uh, which is step one. Yes. I am excited to see what the next generation of car will be, though, in the future. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's probably years away. Yeah, who, know, who knows how long this car is going to be around? Um, because what was the Gen 6? Was it around From six, seven years? 2013. To 2021 to, or through 2021 yeah that's yeah. eight years so about eight years so i don't know i'd be happy to see this car around 10 years work on it for a while um and then introduce something new yeah. um it'd be the hybrid era then yeah so who knows what the, that'll entail as long as the racing doesn't get too stale like it did at the end of the gen 6 era yeah we'll see um we'll see what nascar draws up with that but that's all from the clash who knows what else is going to come up after the 500, but that'll be in our next discussion period. Uh, we got everyone's favorite segment coming up, though. I think it's my turn to quiz you a little bit. How about we have a little trivia? Trivia. <laughs> it's time for Joshua and Evan to expose themselves and see how big of fans they truly are. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Bragging rights are on the line as one hopes to stump the other, but sometimes they just know too much. Oh, I know this. Play along and see how much you know. My man Jimmy Johnson's always a great guest. When in doubt, chase Elliot It's out. trivia time here on NASCAR at Night. It's time for the segment we all enjoy the most. So let's test each other's knowledge with some trivia. Evan, you're up. I got some questions for you heading into the 500. It's only natural to go with a 500 theme. So kicking off, first question right here. Who got second last year in the 500? I don't even know who won the, oh, Austin Sindrick won the 500. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it his teammate? No. Shoot, was it, Brad, I'm gonna guess Brad Keselowski. No, Bubba Wallace. Oh, he, Bubba he always Wallace. has good at super speedways. Yes, he uh, does. All right, when was the first Daytona 500? 1969 or is it 59? One of them. 59. 59. Hey, 59. look at that! You got one. All oh, right, the Daytona 500 yikes. is known as the Great American Race. Hey, there you go. Look at that! You're on a hot streak. So, how many attempts did it take Dale Earnhardt Sr. to win the Daytona 500? I I know he won it in 98, and he started in the 70s, so my guess is 24. Oh, you're close. 20. 20. On the dot. On the dot. How many 500 victories does Denny Hamlin have? Three. Yeah. Good. Who has the most 500 victories? Shoot. Um, is it recent or further back? Further back. Is it, is it Richard Petty? Yeah. Do you know how many he has? Seven. Yeah. Wow. I did not expect to get that one. <laughs> Dang, that Wikipedia must be paying off. Yes, it does. <laughs> what was the worst starting position to win the 500? Let me guess 43rd. No. 42nd? No. 41st. All right. We're not playing this game. <laughs> 39th. Do you oh, know? that was so close. Yeah. Do you know who did that or who, who uh, won that race? 
no idea, but I'm going to guess Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Matt Kenseth in 2009. Okay. From 39th place. That's well, pretty, you know, well, it's a super sense. speedway. Yeah. All right. Who's the first female driver in the 500? It's not Danica. I know that. Nope. Uh, is her name Janet something? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I don't remember her last name, but I think her Janet, Janet Guthrie in 1977. Yep. <laughs> wow. You are blowing me away. Wow. She went on to finish 12th in that race. That's not bad. How big is Daytona's infield? Um, well, the circumference is 2.5 miles, so... Here comes the area is Here comes Pi the D, <laughs> Pi R squared. Oh, shoot. I don't... Circumference? Here Wait. comes the math major. So, two and a half... Um, somewhere in, around... In acres. In acres. Oh, I can't do <laughs> acres, Josh. Let me guess. Um, 130 acres. 180 acres. Oh, I was close. That's big enough to fit two full-size Disneylands. Wow. Disneyland is tiny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is the fastest qualifying lap in 500 history? 47 seconds. Close. 42.78 seconds. Uh, speed of 210.36 mile an hour by Bill Elliott mm -hmm. in 1987. 87. Yep. All right. That'll bring trivia to an end. Let us know how much you got. You know, Evan kind of surprised me there with the ones that he got. Uh, who knows if I'll be able to back that up next week. No shot. Coming to an end here. This is the final discussion period. Naturally, we have to talk about the Daytona 500 coming up this weekend. The biggest race of the year uh, for NASCAR, um, which is kind of weird that we kick off the season with the biggest race of the year. Yes, it is. But it's kind of unique to who NASCAR is. So going into it, uh, kind of some interesting news just came out this past week about it, though. That it's a complete sellout? It's or? a complete sellout. Not even just the grandstands, but the infield and everything. There is not a ticket left to be sold for the Daytona 500. Darn, I was really hoping to find one last, last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. make an impulsive trip down yeah. to Florida this week. Yeah, man, it, I, I wish. I'd have to start driving today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what? About 200,000 tickets? Something At least like 200,000 people are going to be down there? That is a big event. But it's not only a big event down there. Well, it is a big event uh, because they have Dirks Bentley out there. I, I believe Dirks Bentley out there for the yep. pre-race concert. Um, that'll be exciting to see him there. I believe it's broadcast as well. I some believe of all, it. yeah, some of it um, is always broadcast there for the 500. Um, and they also announced something really interesting, like literally just a little bit ago before we started recording. Oh. Jeff Gluck brought out um, something about the command, which I asked you about. It's really weird on the logistics and how they're going to do this, do this. But Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Bill Elliott, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jarrett, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, and Joey Logano will all collectively give the command to start engines for the 500. Now, this is really weird because Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, well, probably Jimmy Johnson, and Joey Logano will all be racing in the 500. Um, so I envision that they'll already be in their cars, but logistically that's not possible to have all of them do that. No, I think NASCAR's going to have to give them just a little bit more time to get into their cars and have their actual engines started. But then drivers won't actually be starting their engines because three of the drivers won't be starting their engines. So is it really a command to start engines if three of the, three of the drivers aren't starting their engines? Yes, because 37 of the drivers will have started their engines when the drivers say that the, to the other drivers to start their driving, driving engines. Okay, glad we got that. Glad we got that cleared up. 
I think so. Okay. Uh, but that'll, that'll be kind of fun to see all of them. Uh, I believe, what is it, past Daytona 500 champions as well as champions themselves. Um, I believe that's what that group is. Uh, so that'll be kind of cool to see. But, you know, let's talk about all the open entries. We talked about Jimmy Johnson at the beginning of the show and everything as well. Um, D84. Yeah, we have six open entries going into this weekend with only four positions available. Do you want to give people a rundown on what's it going to look like for them to make it into the big show? Yeah, so qualifying will determine which dual race that the open drivers start in. Since there's six of them, three of them will go in the first dual race, and three of them will go in the second race. The first, third, and fifth qualifying in the first, and the second, fourth, and sixth in the second. So from that qualifying, whichever driver finishes best in each duel automatically makes it into the 500, and they will start wherever they finished accordingly to the rest of the drivers. From there, there are two spots remaining, and they are given to the highest qualifying drivers left that did not already qualify between from the other two. So they and they will start in the back of the field. They will start 39th and 40th. Yeah. So you brought up a good point that with these drivers, um, although some of them may be quote unquote locked in after qualifying, they still want to race hard during the duels um, because that could give them a better starting position maybe in the middle of the pack or maybe even potentially towards towards the front of the pack. Yeah, if they win the duel race, they'll start third instead of 39th yeah uh which you know i mean depending upon your strategy for the 500 that's a big deal yes um because who knows when that big one's gonna happen what was it two years ago or something it was like lap 20 yeah. that the big one happened knocked out at least 15 drivers or something like that so who knows when that'll take place um but that'll be really interesting uh to see how that kind of plays out with them um as of this recording you know qualifying hasn't happened yet uh, and there's been they've only drawn four qualifying positions and stuff. So I'm excited to watch qualifying, see who gets locked in in there, because obviously we all want Jimmy Johnson yes. um, into the 500. You being a Jimmy fan, you're Big kind time. of yeah, you're kind of ultra biased in that direction. Super um, excited. But let's look at all these drivers who are in the open position. So we have Jimmy Johnson. All right. You know what? I'm not even going to jinx it. I'm not even going to say it. Then we have Travis Pastrana there as well for 2311, coming out of left field, coming out of nowhere. Driving the 67. Yeah, for 2311. Uh, as you mentioned, that third entry for them, leaving it open for Kurt Busch, um, I think he stands a pretty solid chance. He's got good equipment under him, so he could, he has good speed to make it in. Yeah, that car probably has the best equipment coming from... 2311, which knows how to set up for a super speedway. Yeah, exactly. Also, we have Austin Hill, who will be driving the 62 for Beard Motorsports. They have been a team who have historically always gone to Daytona, always gone to Talladega. They're a super cool team to have in those races. Unfortunately, looking at this driver lineup, though, and these teams that are categorized into open cars, I don't know if they'll have the speed for it, so they'll have to race their way in through the duels. Yeah, they might have to get lucky. Yeah. It'll come down to luck for them. Also, we have the money team in the 50 car. Connor Daly will be racing um, in attempting to race in the 500 as well. That'll be really cool to see that full-time IndyCar driver try to make it in. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I guess it'll be a one-off for him because he's driving IndyCar the rest of the season. But Yeah, he's driven some cup races, though, in the past. Oh, has he? Yeah, I know he drove the uh, Roval uh, last year. Oh, cool. Yeah, was it before. an off week? Uh, or was the season done already? Good question. The season, I don't. I think the season, season might have been done. Season might have been done. Yeah, um, but then also Zane Smith, the former Truck Series champion from last year, uh, coming up with Front Row Motorsports into the 36 entry, entering a third car for that team for the 500. They've got decent equipment. 
Um, I think he stands a decent chance at making it in. Yes, and one other thing to mention about the 36 is that this will be the only time the 36 cars ran this year because the team doesn't have enough funding or sponsors for a third entry at multiple races. So instead of a third car, they are just going to replace Todd Gilliland for six ra- five races this year. Yeah, which I that that pissed me off right away when I saw that. Yeah, uh, because he he had a good season last year. And it was his first year. It was it was his rookie season. He had a good season. He had growth and development throughout the year. Now the second year, they're stripping him of his full time position for these five or six races and stuff. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And that's not going to show anything of no Chandler Smith either. Or Zane Smith. Zane Smith. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a bunch of respect, and I really like Zane Smith, though, um, because he went out won the truck championship last year. He's a hell of a driver, um, so I see potential with him. I think it's just very unfortunate for Todd Gilliland to be put in that position. Yeah, he really does not deserve that. Yeah. Finally, as well, we have Chandler Smith in there in the 13 for Colleague, who will be attempting to make it in. Uh, they'll have good speed. Um, don't know if they'll qualify. Their, they still have a decent chance of qualifying their way in. I would say um, so. Yeah. Uh, but then with duels as well, obviously he'll have teammates out there helping him. Um, so I think that car stands a decent chance as well. So who knows? We'll see out of the four who gets who gets into the race. In your opinion, what are the two, who are the two drivers that are out? I think Connor Daly and Austin Hill will be out. That would be my predictions as well. The money team uh, was not good last year. No, they weren't. Uh, so I guess we will see. Um, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we don't know right now as of this recording. So we'll see who gets into it. But let's get into some predictions for the race. What type of race do you think we're going to see? Is it going to be too wide a lot? Is it going to be single file around the top a lot? I feel like it's going to end up being single file around the top, even though I think it was pretty decent last year. But I think the teams have figured out a little bit more about their cars, and they're not going to want to wreck them, even though they know that they have a little bit more give to the cars. Yeah. Do you think it's going to come down to like a f- fuel strategy thing again with the Chevy's pitting, Toyota's yeah. pitting, and the Ford's pitting? I hate I when that I think so, but I think that's just the way super speedway racing has gone. That's to. the way it's lent itself too, which, I mean, you got to live with it. Um, but I I don't like the manufacturer orders that no. have come into play. I'd rather there be enough cautions that they just get fuel anyway. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yep. Um, but who knows what we'll see. I... I mean, there's got to be a big one sometime. Yeah. Um, what's it, when's, when's the big one going to come? My guess is probably about 40 laps to go. Really? Yeah. I say my I say the big one's going to be on lap 78. I think it's going to be early. Yeah. I think it's going to be early. Last year, wasn't it fairly early? Uh, uh, that one that sent Harris and Burton flying? <laughs> I remember that one. That one was yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. I um, love watching cars flip. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I say lap 78. Watch out for lap 78. I just got a feeling. Uh, who knows if we'll see sparks fly at that time. Um, but as far as the race goes, you know, I think we're going to see good solid race. And I think it's going to be two wide a lot of the time. Um, there's going to be some bold moves to make it three wide. Obviously, end of the stage is going to be really crazy. Yes. Um, and all that jazz and stuff. I do believe we will have another overtime. That was another one of my questions for you. Uh, do you think we will have overtime? Yeah, I think there's no way they make it through that last lap. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how many cars will finish the race? Uh, my guess it is... On the lead lap. 18. 18 on the lead lap? 18 on the lead lap. I'm going to go with 12. 12. Wow. Yeah, so that big one's going to take out a lot of people early on. How many cars are going to make it to the last lap on the lead lap? To the last lap. Okay. Uh, okay, it took me a second to process that question. Uh, I say there's going to be 15 cars. And the only three are going to wreck? Only not three are going to wreck. Yep. Um, I, think, uh, I said 18, so I'm going to go like 24. I think six of them are going to be out, out. 
You know, that's actually pretty reasonable. Mine is pretty extreme. I'm being pretty bold with mine. <laughs> Yours is more reasonable. Um, who, who knows? Yours, yeah. You probably stand a better chance than me there. <laughs> uh, but do you think we'll see last lap pass? I think we'll see yeah. multiple last laps and multiple last lap passes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, that's the way it's kind of been in the past, um, how it's all kind of come down to that. And it's been really exciting what it's come down to. I'm even kind of optimistic for a uh, uh, photo finish. Yeah, that'd be uh, cool. Yeah, I think well, it'd, it would be really cool. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I think there's a good chance of that happening as well again. So with the 500 this weekend, obviously this is all just speculation. It's all predictions. Um, but with super speedways, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, the door is wide open. The door is wide open for one of these open cars to go out and win. Yes, it is. Um, and the thing, too, with well, one of the rules we forgot to mention about with NASCAR is they have eliminated the top 30 in points rules. Yep. So if you are a full-time driver and you win this race, you are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Well, unless we have more than 16 winners, um, which yeah. is... Another thing to kind of take into consideration for this year, I don't think we'll see as many winners Not as this last year, year though. No. no. Um, but regardless, um, if you win, you're in. Uh, that Either love it or hate it. Um, the drivers who win the 500 love it. The drivers who don't win it all, like last year, like Ryan Blaney, hates it. Yeah. Uh, like Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. last year, they hated it. Um, but who knows? I think Ryan Blaney stands a very good chance at winning this race. He's been very close in the past. Um, he's my pick to go out there and win this race. I don't know. I'd say I feel like the Toyotas are going to have a better shot. I feel like Denny's always a good guess, and Bubba's good, and we'll see how Redick will appeal with that equipment. And Truex has won before. Yeah. And who knows what Gibbs will do, and I don't remember. Christopher Bell is the other one. Christopher Bell? I don't think he wins, but I think the rest of them have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Gibbs, Truex Jr. has won. Truex Jr.? No, he no. lost to... Lost to Hamlin that one year. Yes, he did. Yep. I was rooting for Truex Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like we mentioned, uh, Hamlin has those three wins that are in the 500. Um, so, yeah, the Toyotas will be strong. Um, I think they stand a good chance. But looking back at uh, Super Speedway performances, and especially during the 500, Ryan Blaney, he just got something figured out to be there at the end. That's all you need. You need to be there at the end. So but he's the guy I'm looking at for. First at the end. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our predictions there for this race. Why don't we go ahead and uh, beat the dead horse? Why don't we go in and uh, give some of our final thoughts here heading into this weekend in the last lap. One final chance to place the cards on the table. It's either Wreckers or Checkers. Joshua and Evan have one last lap to give their final thoughts heading into this weekend. It's time to wave the white flag for the last lap. All right, you heard the spotters calling it. Let's time to get through it. Let's put that throttle to... Put the pedal to the metal. Wow, throttle to the. I was trying to find a word that rhymed with throttle, and I throttle couldn't find it. Throttle to the floor. Throttle to the floor. Yeah. Well, let's put the throttle to the floor here. The last lap, Evan. You have 25 seconds. Final thoughts going into the 500. Ready and go. Yeah, I think it'll be a really exciting race this year. I'm excited to see all the Fords and the Toyotas do really well. I don't think the Chevys will be competitive, even though there's a bunch of them. I'm excited to see what Jimmy does. I know he's not historically good at the 500. I think his only two really good finishes are his wins and i wonder what if he can do anything in the 84 car two 
one. All right, I'm taking over here. Going into the 500, I'm expecting a very intense race. Very intense racing. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, two wide a lot of times. Going to three wide. The end of the stage race are going to be very hectic. Watch out for that caution on lap 80, lap 78 rather. Um, there's going to be a big one around there. I can just feel it. Um, but heading into this weekend, I'm really excited just to get this season underway. Coming off a very exciting season last year with the 500 or with the uh, next gen. Oh my goodness, I went too fast. <laughs> But regardless, uh, that is the last lap. We had 50 seconds there. That's how long it, that's roughly about how long it takes to make a lap at Daytona. Um, that's our thoughts going into this weekend. So why don't we go ahead and close out the show? That'll bring the show to a close. The first podcast episode of NASCAR at night. We talked about the offseason, all the drivers changes, talked about the clash, our thoughts on the clash, had some hot takes there in the middle. Uh, still not talking about it. Um, <laughs> let's see. We had a fun trivia segment as well. You did quite well with that. I'm still kind of quite surprised by that as well. Talked about the 500 going into this weekend. Make sure to watch the race on Fox. I believe coverage starts around 11 uh, central time um, for that, for the race, either at one or two central time some of the time uh somewhere in there if you have it on you'll watch it you'll see it yep. it's a must-see event um it's there's a reason it's called the great american race gonna be a hell of a race i'm super excited for it um any last words from you no i just think i enjoyed the podcast one. yeah i do too um, I'm happy to put this together and happy to see what everyone else thinks. So speaking of what you guys think, make sure to reach out to us. You can tweet to us on Twitter at N at N show. Um, that is NASCAR at night show N at N show, or you can just search NASCAR at night there on Twitter. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and if you've got any hot takes, throw them our way. Let's talk about them. You know, we like to spark debate around here because yes, uh, we like to have those conversations. But make sure to tune in next week for another episode of the NASCAR at Night podcast edition. Uh, we'll talk about everything for the 500 and then get set for Auto Club. Yeah, Auto Club, one last time. All right. Make sure to tune into the 500 this weekend. I know that we will for sure. And until then, keep that wheel steady, and we'll see you next week here on NASCAR at Night. You've been listening to NASCAR at Night, only on The Alternative Edge. Don't miss us next week when we find out how close our predictions came. Until then, keep your wheels steady and your nights open for NASCAR at Night.